goodness Russell I got my um I got my jimmies rustled in this last episode you know why <laughs> oh, why Ned why did you have your jimmies mead my my jimmies were all rustled because farm world Finn is a sexy little man <laughs> oh my Lanta. that's how I you know you said you had a, a intro for this episode and I, I didn't know where you were going but <laughs> he I didn't know what he didn't know where I was gonna I was, I was going to Straight to lovely, straight to sexy, straight to sexy and poten- lovely. Potentially tops of the episode is that Farmer Finn is just like freaking. He's got uh-huh. the best sword arm. He's got a flamethrower. He's got like yep. just the best like deep sh- Jeremy shade of voice. Like with a truck. I, I didn't even on. think that was him. I was like, "There's no way this is Jeremy Shada doing that's this." I, and that's what I thought too. It was. It sounds so good. He's quiet. He's hard boiled. He's. A freaking masculine man. Is he the sexiest character of this episode? 100%. I mean, is he like tit-talk lumberjack hot? Yeah, sort of. Is he country? A little bit. Is he old man Logan hot? Yeah, he's kind of old man Logan hot. Uh, I was going to say hotter than the sand, bigger than the ocean. Oh, oh man. Hey, Mm. he doesn't truck with magic. And I think a little bit of PTSD is... Sexy, not too much, but a little bit. A little bit math, <laughs> just a little bit. Math? I don't know, just a, a touch bit math. As long as <laughs> it's not in a bad way and you're not scarred. Um, Girl, but he is like, a little scarred. Girls like trauma, guys, right? I think <laughs> girls so. Like I think girls. I mean, I don't know, not all girls, but the girls I know. What's that? Um, gosh, there's the, what that, that. What's the quote from that movie where it's like, "You've got some battle scars, dude." Oh yeah. Dude, I mean, Allie was even like, that's that's the sexiest character for sure. Oh, um, yeah, easily so. But I was like, just wait, because Finn at the end of the episode breaks uh, Bid Destiny's glasses, and Bid Destiny, uh, yeah. Bid D's got some eyes, dog. Yeah, a runner-up, runner uh, low-key, what would you call it? Come from behind sexy, maybe. Come from behind, and that's exactly where you want your sexiest character. <laughs> that's where you want your sexiest character is to be coming from behind. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've started we've started this episode strong haven't we what is this episode rule 34 the podcast no this is uh never ending adventure the adventure time podcast we're talking about fiona and cake this is me russell Tindall, one of your co-hosts and with me as always is dj Nettie p and this is my first time watching this show so we won't be talking too much about crossover the episode i think we'll yeah. we'll talk about crossover a touch um, I had some, I I had some notes on it because it's referenced. It's important to note that that's relatively part of this episode. It's yep. relatively part of what's going to happen later is what I'm thinking a little bit. Um, so I rewatched Crossover today as well, just to make okay. sure that I could bring you up to speed on anything as well as not drop any accidental spoilers as well. So yeah. I, was, I came, I came yeah. prepared. I think we should begin this, I mean, once we're diving in with the background, some context of season five, episodes one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, but the things that I don't know, the context that I am missing from this episode are, how does Finn get defeated? Does he defeat uh, the Lich? Does Biddy actually defeat Finn? I don't know that. I don't think it really matters for this episode. So I think we skip past that, the outcome of crossover. If you want to know that, yeah. or if you haven't seen it just go watch that episode i'm assuming it wraps up in that episode i honestly you can watch the episode crossover um pretty standalone i like it's in season seven it's like later in season seven it happens so abruptly it's a one-parter episode that like honest to god if you jumped in right now russell and there's maybe one reference to something in that episode that wouldn't make sense and it's the fact that finn has the finn sword at that point so yeah. Uh, every everything else. Uh, so if you are watching it through with Russell for the first time again, I, and you're really confused about this, and you don't have a buddy to talk with you about every episode for an hour about, <laughs> feel, feel free to jump and just watch that episode. Yeah, totally. We'll get to it eventually. Right now in the main uh, series, we're on like season five, episode three or four. Um, yeah, so we're making our way. Yeah. And I'm so grateful, man. As we continue on, I am so, so grateful we got as far as we did with the main podcast. Oh my gosh, we, we would not have been able gang. to. 
we wouldn't have been able to touch this one. Dude, I um, mean, who who would have thought? I mean, again, I said this last episode, and I'm not mad about it anymore. I was a little annoyed about it. I was like, why the Destiny gang? Why are they coming back? Why are we talking about the squirrel? But I I kind of really enjoyed this episode, and I think it mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense, especially with the context of what we're talking about. Like Fiona and Cake already a little bit of a crossover, or a little bit of a multi-worlds theory happening, and then obviously we got to bring in the other one that we had from the past, which is Farm World. So for the background context of what's going on, we looked at we look at mostly Season 5, Episode 1 and 2, where, I mean, I guess fin- mm-hmm. you're welcome to summarize it, but what I have written down, if tell me if I miss anything, Finn uses the crown to defeat Destiny Gang and save his family from the burning building. Uh, unfortunately, through his ice lightning, he causes the bomb to go off. Um, but he freeze, makes a frozen, I don't know, some sort of a circle or something and saves Bartram, saves his family with the ice, tells Barbar to go take his family away. And then uh, Jake is pulled into the radioactive sludge by Marceline and a lich comes out of Jake at the end of what we see from season five, episode two. And mm-hmm. then it cuts off. And of course, Jake has his moments with Prismo from then on out. But that's kind of wrapping up what I know Mm-hmm. And then, of course, crossover takes over and, from there. And then, in the in the crossover episode, is essentially in the summary of that episode, Prismo brings Finn and Jake back and was like, "Hey, man, there's consequences of the crossover that happened, which is kind of essentially, or there, there's consequences of your wish." And this wish world is about to it basically is about to send the Lich back into the multiverse. Um, okay. Wow. And that's why Prisma basically sends Finn and Jake back to fix this help reality, cool. which is what leads us with, you know, without spoiling anything, basically leads us to a universe where Finn was uh, Ice Finn, uh, got rid of the crown, was not Ice Finn anymore. And then Prisma basically puts the crown back in a place again, back, honestly, back on Ice King's head so it can be destroyed by the bomb. Prisma like replaces the crown back to be oh, destroyed. Oh, okay. Um, cool. Which is so that's why we see in the end of this episode, there's like a um, decrepit, burnt crown with a broken jewel. Um, is it was because it was Makes placed sense. back under the exploding bomb by Prismo. Um, yeah. So that's Man, some spoilers, there's... but that's dude. It's it was so inconsequential when I watched through Adventure Time the first time, and again, this is why I love Fiona and Cake right now. Is that we had these multiverse episodes? They would pop up, you know two or three times a season in Adventure Time. And I'd be like, wow, that was a lot of heavy, interdimensional, we just jumped to a universe for 10 minutes episode, and now they're expanding on it, going, hey, this we did that for a reason. We had somewhat of a plan to for this to be very, a very canonical event. Um, it which is. I, again, it's just freaking awesome. That I think it needed like to be. Stuff. Yeah. I, I do think it needed to be. I think it really blows my mind when I see people in the comments of our Instagram and they're just like, oh, I don't like Fiona and Cake. Like, it's not doing it for me. I don't what? like what... I don't know. I mean, I guess it's fine. It, it's not everybody's thing. Like I said, I think I, the I squirrel would... moment with Cake is the most mm. Adventure Time thing we've had <laughs> yeah. so far. It's like, the, that was just straight up Adventure Time classic. But this is all, you know, we're all grown up now or more grown up now. We have higher expectations for what a good cartoon is. And I think that's partially why. And also, the you have so much material that to play off of. It's going to be mm-hmm. canonical. Everything has to be in that realm. So they're, yeah, they're crushing it. They're crushing it. I think they're crushing it more. I mean, think about it in a way, too. They've got to tell a heavy story. They've got a lot of content to like basically tie loose ends on. And a lot of that content, like, look, we've gone into this mentality of Simon's lost his magic. Um, Betty's still gone. Fiona and Cake have lost their magic. Like, it's real world stuff now. And so, yeah, it lacks a lot of that, like, kind of magic, 10-minute, whimsical, fun adventure that's, like, beginning and ended in 10 minutes. This is a beginning at episode one, finishing at the last episode adventure, which is, if you put it all together, this is going to be a big movie, essentially. It's going to be going to be good. Pretty much like a six hour, eight hour movie at the end of the day, yeah. um, which is well, not adventure time. It's, it's not necessarily on brand, but good gosh, if you're a adventure time like 
deep lore canon fan. Like this is just doing it. For it's me. giving it to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's coming in the bat door, as we mentioned earlier. It's coming in the back door. Oh, I, come, I don't even remember from what behind. you said. <laughs> from behind. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Russell's gosh. got his mind in the in the gutters today. I do, I guess. Well, it should be the frozen tundra because that's where we're opening up. You know, mm-hmm. gotta get back out of it your time. Yes, get we gotta get back tangent. on sometime. The the horses with the headlights is not my tops of this episode, but good grief, that got <laughs> me. I really giggled no, this, at that moment. It, the, this opening scene in general is great because it does show you this like ice fin. Um, how intense it is. And he wanted to freeze the entire world. And like, that's what yeah. he was doing. You know, he was Lullabies going- were created. That's crazy. They were like yeah. whispering to their child, like, please don't cry. Like the snowman's going to come and kill us all. <laughs> so, it was intense. The whole like, almost like horror movie movement. I like they did, they almost shot that little scene as if it was some sort of, you know, like horror movie genre which I, I appreciate because I love horror movies and it's spooky season, so. Yeah, and I think we need to take a moment to appreciate too, and I don't know if this is necessarily true, but in my mind, Finn's heroic, right? He has heroic abilities mm-hmm. more than your average average person. Simon is an antiquarian. He's a very normal guy, just, just a guy, I would even say, other than just being very smart. But Finn plus the crown seems to be super terrifying and super dangerous, Versus Simon plus the crown, which was kind of goofy. Yeah. And, and can be terrifying, but for we, the most part, kind of goofy and silly, you know? We had talked about that too. Remember when we talked about that episode with Finn the Human, Jake the Dog, is that maybe Ice King's more empty headedness and not evilness with the crown came from him resisting it for so long and not wanting to use it. And Finn's psychoticness and like, let's destroy the world was like, I'm going to do this so I can kill people, you know, like. That's yeah. possibly where it came from. Maybe so, but I do think too, it's like the thing with the ring, which I keep bringing up Lord of the Rings. I do apologize for that, but a ring with Gandalf would be way more dangerous and way more powerful than mm-hmm. a ring with a hobbit. The exactly. hobbit goes invisible, Gandalf destroys everything, you know, sort yeah. of a, a thing. So, yeah, that's I've heard that my theory too of what round. would happen if Gandalf had gotten the ring. That, that's terrifying oh, theory that yeah. we will not go into. Yeah, and their plan, though, Simon's plan is, all right, let's go back. I need to be the Ice King, and three reasons for that. And honestly, kind of three selfless reasons. He's not really at all thinking about what's mm-hmm. going to come of himself in this scenario, other than he'll be goofy, happy, and I mean, mindless and crazy. He wants to a heroic suicide this, pretty much, right? Yeah, he's going, like, one, you have, uh, I'm going to be powerful enough to fight the Scarab. Two, I'll be immortal, so your universe will last forever. And then three, magic again, so Fiona and Cake will also have magic again in their universe. And then they're going to recreate the events that get them back inside of his head, which will be difficult to do if he's already losing his mind a little bit with the crown. He's not going to know the ritual if he's gone batshit insane anyway, so... Yeah, I'm hoping he would be able to do like little bits at a time, just like he did with Marceline back in the day. So maybe he'll be able to to do that but i don't know i don't know though i was so curious did you have any thoughts on why fiona passed out at the beginning of this episode she was just exhausted she's just so tired she falls asleep yeah i think this is a maybe a fun writer thing that i thought about where i was like okay you know so many shows so many movies cut from scene to scene to scene to scene to scene without the character stopping and eating without the character stopping and sleeping um same with video games. Like your character never stops it. You're like, okay, so you've been awake for 17 days now. Like, okay. I think this was maybe that whole, um, she's real. There's no magic. And so she's been awake since the events of her popping out of Simon's head. She has not slept. She's not eaten. So that's why they eat a sandwich. And I think she falls asleep because it brings you back to reality that she's not a magical powerful being she's got to sleep you know so maybe that was just a little nod to the writers like being like yeah we understand we are doing a cut through of this like straight like nonstop. you know what i mean yeah well it's similar because later in that episode right she takes off her shirt and they kind of called themselves out on it and being like oh what like fiona just loves to be naked naked. yeah anything to be more naked and it was like yeah (laughs) they're sexualizing her 
a little bit, but I don't think a in, little bit. in necessarily a inappropriate way. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't think so either. But it is funny. Like, is that justifiable? Just because you called yourself out on it, but you still did it anyways. Does that necessarily make it hey, fine? I don't know. If they have the audacity to make farm fin that sexy, I think they can have the audacity <laughs> to have Fiona without a shirt on for a while. Okay. Hey, like it's a look, balance. You got to balance the sexies out. Finn was going to be sexy no matter what as he grows up. Right. And then them making him farm fin sexy is kind of a hat on a hat situation, which is ironic because he kind of has a hat on a hat in this episode. He, yeah, has, his he has his cap his and then hat. he puts a cap on it. So. Uh, I don't know, kind of goofy, but I loved, I thought this was so funny. One of the, my favorite moments of this episode was Fiona's asleep. She wakes up and Kate had killed a mouse and puts the mouse. I mean, you know, you just saw yeah. it, puts the mouse underneath her. Simon does nothing, by the way, to stop this from happening. Simon's just doing his own thing with the phone. <laughs> There's a bloody mouse all over Fiona and Kate goes, you love it. Or what is it? You love it. You love this as soon as she wakes up this. and is talking about like, I got hey, this for you to eat. We, well, when we normally do our normal episodes, uh, we always talk about like, what are Jake's dog-isms that he did in this episode? And that's Cake's cat-ism. Like, that Cake is, is still Cake's a cat. cat-ism. So Cake has Dude. been a, a uh, talking on, walking on two legs cat for all of maybe like, five hours at this point. So. <laughs> she is still a cat. She is still the cat. She is still my lovely. Kick the cat mm. easily takes it for me for this episode. She's fantastic. She's so is sassy it, in this episode. Is there a specific one moment in this episode? There's a lot of moments. I think maybe the one moment that like won me over on her, and I'm going to have to find it in my notes, it's when Jay and the evil mullet girl, also known as Little Destiny, it's kind of revealed that they have a thing. And she's just like, ooh, I love a, f- a forbidden romance. And then uh, <laughs> she's like, That's enemies great. to lovers, my favorite. I just, she loves the tea, right? She's like all about It's all the, about the tea. Yeah, all about the tea, all about shipping. She tries to ship Fiona and Finn. Like, come on, you, now you got to kiss them. Yeah. And oh, yeah. She's like, she's great. gunning for that to be a, an actual relationship. She's like, I want that to, have, to, to go down. Hey, she's speaking for the people. She's speaking for the people. And we feel it. We all feel that, you know? So I, I'm in on it and I am in on the fact that Cake is an awesome character this episode and easily got my lovely. Oh, that's a good one. I, well, Far, Farm Finn, you, you know, got mine. But I think Cake's a good one because Cake hasn't been yours at all for the episode so far, right? I'm I'm not sure. I want to say she might have been in her personal episode, but also I think I believe that she was pretty evil for the fact that she was destroying the marketplace and just causing, you know, cat yeah chaos everywhere. But no, I I easily gave it to her. I mean, there's a lot of good characters in this. Jay is a very lovable character. Yeah, I thought Jay, Jay was Jay, portrayed wonderfully. Well, Jay is portrayed again let's just let's just go ahead and, and like open this you know can of worms okay. like we, we, we can talk about the mad max destiny world um in a minute and we will we will we will need to talk about that but we let's open up the the concept of finn's family so first of all he's got like what four kids five kids i couldn't even like i don't think they had a shot Bunch with all kids. of them and yeah um it is believed that they are whatever huntress wizard in this world is um, yeah, because they have to be. Jay wears a cape. One of the kids has like slanty green eyes. There's and the red flute. hair. There's the flute on the wall, which is the flute is the reason actually that the Huntress Wizard like uh, pays attention to Finn in the first place. Okay, um, is he plays a tune pretty much that is like very very attractive to like Huntress yeah. Wizard. For and some we've reason. seen Finn playing the flute in, in the very first episode of well, World. That was so funny. Um, in in the crossover episode, uh, Prisma is like, "Oh yeah, you don't remember your this wish altered reality you created." And Finn's like, "No, I don't remember that." He's like, "Yeah, it's because you didn't actually live it." And he's like, "Is that all of a sudden why I was really good at the flute one day?" <laughs> <It's> because <laughs> alt alt world Finn had, was good at the flute, and then ooh world Finn became good at the flute immediately. Oh, too. I digress. Man. Digress. Uh, yeah, please. Well, can, let's talk about Jay then. We're talking about yeah, the family. Yeah, we're talking about Jay. And I think I have it's a theory. Really, do you have... Uh, uh, it's not my I, personal oh, theory. I don't, I don't have a theory, but I think maybe my analysis would go into your theory. Okay. Well, it's, Jay, it's not... Are you going to no, say... What, what are you going to say? What are you going to say now? I mean, Jay is 
a young Finn, obviously. Jay is kind of like this universe universe's version of a Finn, where Finn is obviously a, a quiet but caring, disconnected, not good father figure, which is a very, again, common theme of Adventure Time. Hey, that, he's old man Logan. Take that out of your mouth, Ned. Those dirty I mean, words that you just said about Finn. There's not, again, uh, Joshua was a great father figure, but they do a lot of stories that expose his flaws. I think that this father figure, Finn, is very guilty about how he pretty much is the reason that this is a Mad Max-style post-apocalyptic world. He can't get over his guilt. Um, He loves and takes care of his children by himself, which I think is another reason he's depressed. But that does have an effect on your child. And so... I think Jay is out in the world kind of adventuring and exploring and obviously wanting to be good in the world because he helps uh, Fiona and Cake and Simon um, in that this is kind of the the aspect of I want to be better than my father. You know, the, the very mm-hmm. much I can be a better, you know, and you want your children to be better than you and that Jay is this prime example of a Finn that can't get over his past guilt. And Jay is going to be like, that's fine, but like, um, I love you, but I'm going to be a hero, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. That's a, l- a little bit of that. I don't know if that's misconstrued or not, but. No, that's fair. I think that's, that's totally fair. But I, according to this theory, and it's not my own, like I said, it's YouTuber Uncivilized Elk uh, has recently been covering Adventure Time a bit. And in his theory, which I think even in his video, he was like, I don't necessarily believe this. But the thought is that maybe Jay is actually Farm World Finn's younger brother and not his mm. son. Because he well, appears to be 12 or 13 years old, right? And the events mm-hmm. of the snowman occurred 12 years ago. So that timeline throws it off a little bit. Even if Jay was 10, Finn would have had to kid, have had him when he was a teenager. Younger. Yeah, all the kids are younger. It's very true. I, I yeah. was thinking about that when before we knew. And I was like, oh my gosh, the kid that looks like Finn, is it his younger brother from Farm World? But once I saw Finn, I just maybe I put that that thought to rest. But I guess it could still be. I just the timeline doesn't really make sense to me, which is the reason why I like yeah. it, especially if he was Snow Snowman Finn twelve years ago, and this kid looks like he's got to be twelve or thirteen, just with how good of a you know want to be hero he is. Also leads me to believe that as soon as the apocalypse happened, that big big destiny had a child as well. That means like. As soon as it happened, that's a good point. As yeah. soon as they escaped, that means that Big Destiny would have had to have had a child with somebody at that time. Mm. Unless, again, we are talking about. Remember how we were talking about how further universes from the time room experience oh, yeah. time differently. So maybe this universe is a little further away than ooh. So time's going a little slower, possibly. Or maybe cartoon uh, or timelines yeah. are kind of weird. Cartoon <laughs> timelines are wacky. Well, the One Piece timeline sucks. That's my one complaint about One Piece. The One Piece timeline is insane. That's all I'll say. Okay. About One Piece, at least. <laughs> <laughs> with their with their multiversal theories. No, there's no multiverse. It's just like they become best friends and they'll die for each other. And they've been on this wonderful adventure. And then they're like, oh yeah, I can't believe it's been two months or something stupid like that. <laughs> and it's like, what? You just like conquered like Two or th- or you just overthrew two or three different governments that were corrupt. You mean that all happened in three <laughs> well, months? Like you can't started it's a, been two days. <laughs> yeah, you started a civil war out of nowhere and it was over a weekend. Get over oh get gosh. like there's no way. It's yeah. So dumb. No way. Well, there's also um and also to to lead back to your theory about it being an exactly twelve year thing, we talked about the corporeal or not the corporeal. What am I saying? The uh, fact that once the portals connect the universes, they experience time in the same passage of time. So there is a good chance that it's 12 years. There's a good chance that mm-hmm. it, this is Finn's brother. There's an, But I don't know. that They could be going down a whole storyline that doesn't need to be going down. Like It doesn't yeah. necessarily change anything if it's his brother or his son. I think so. But what we do know is that Finn's wife died. And yeah. do we know how Finn's wife died? No. I don't think so. I don't think so, but we know they're still eating 
out of the same soup that she cooked in, like, I guess the day that she died or something. Yeah. Kind of, that blew my mind. So I, of course, was super interested because Simon yeah, says... What you, you, you always do the, the deep Greek uh, digging on... Try they to. reference from like Greek mythology and stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly no expert, so do your own research. But Simon says it's like a veritable soup of Theseus. So again, and as he's rambling and the like attention of the episode goes off and someone else is talking. But he says it's a thought experiment by British philosopher Thomas Hobbes um, with the soup parts instead of ship planks. So I was super curious about this. I, I looked it up a little bit and I... I, I knew this. I'm sure you'll recognize this pretty easily. Um, and Thomas Hobbes isn't the first person to come across this thought experiment. And um, to kind of say, I mean, it was someone else, but he redefined some of how you look at it and added a new part of it. Uh, so the original was essentially, there is a ship that was, and I'm, I'm summarizing entirely because I don't have any of this written down, but there was a ship that these people used to commemorate a, a moment in time that happened. And so every year they would take the ship and bring it somewhere else, right? Or to the same place, like a pilgrimage sort of a thing. Um, and over time, the planks needed to be replaced. So they replaced one plank after another, after another. And then one day, the ship that remained was all new planks. And mm -hmm. so all of the old planks were no longer part of the ship. Does that make the identity of the ship different? Is it a different ship now or is it still that original ship uh, and how it was changed was Thomas Hobbes by saying, okay, so if you took all those old planks that made up the original ship and then you created a new ship out of all of the old planks, then you go, which of the two ships that you have now is the, is, is original, the original ship? ship? Yeah. Which is a very fascinating thought experiment. Like philosophical and, question. Yeah. Yeah. It totally kind of blows your mind, right? Um, so I, I thought about this and me and Ali discussed this for a while last night because this is the kind of thing that we get heated about or like weird philosophical questions, kind of dumb, but, uh, you know, that's just how we are. So my thought is, and I think the conclusion we both had was that the ship planks are replaced, um, on, so the original ship is the ship, the one where all the ship planks are being replaced on because it's replaced gradually over time, right? So like just because you replace one plank you're still mm -hmm. going to go, oh, this is the same ship. And that's going to keep happening over years and years and years and years. And so my thought is that it's still the same ship because it didn't all happen at one time. The identity remained. And the other thought is, and this is where Ali kind of swept in, is that the essence of the thing isn't necessarily a material thing. Exactly. Um, that, that, which is that's exactly cool. where I kind of, my mind would have gone as well. It's, it's, it's the essence. It's the ship is more representative, not of like, the you know two thousand physical boards that made up the ship. It's because it's it is what it is, you know. But if what's you confusing? If you, if you rebuilt your house one brick at a time, and still your house. It's still your house. Like it's that. But is that of soup it, you know? still the same soup? That's the question because now, all of the soup that she worked on is gone. All the original soup. Hasn't been there for years and years, but like, right? Kind, kind of, yes, and kind of like that's the thing. So they're, they're a great real life example of this, and um, not a ship thing, but even like a consumable is uh, is port wine. Port wine is the same way that they basically, when port wine's made, um, you, I, I was always wondering. I'd learned this probably a few months ago. Why can I get a nineteen twenty bottle of port um, for you know one hundred and twenty bucks? That seems kind of crazy if a 1920 bottle of wine somewhere else is a hundred thousand and totally crazy. Well, port wine, they built they actually build this massive barrel. Um, I think it's called a not a stave, it's called something. But essentially, the year that that it comes from, they fill it all the way up. And then each year they bottle what they bottle out of it. I think it's like they take out 10 or 20 percent of the wine, maybe. Um, but they leave like 80%. Um, and every year they refill it uh, back that they replace that 20% with new, with new mm, wine. Okay. Um, and so the longer that that stays, I mean, you're only taking 20% out, but then you're replacing mm. it with something new. And so also 
when you have an, a 20-year port, that means it was like started 20 years ago, but it's not all 20-year-old wine, but it's for sure better than a 10-year port. You can taste the difference. So it's not that it all gets unreplaced or like, you know, it's like the you fill it up 20%, but then you're always like yeah, stacking on you. top. It mixes and it still ages. So I would say that soup, in theory, kind of it's maybe has that their mom wine soup. mentality. Yeah. yeah, it's still their the mom's essence, soup. The identity is still there. So then the Ned, I do have a thought experiment for you and for our listeners. It's Fins of Theseus, which is how I'm going to twist this into talking about Finn and multi-theory and, or multiverse theory and stuff like that. So if if you think back to season five, episode one, right? If you both built a new Finn in Farm World from the original Finn and then mm-hmm. replaced the original Finn back in Ooh, which Finn is the original Finn? So mm-hmm. the events that happen in season five, episode one and two, Finn the human and Jake the dog, which Finn is technically oh. the original Finn, right? Because Russell, you are asking so many of the right questions. I'm so proud that you bring this up because when we start to get to uh, Finn Sword and Grass Finn and Multiverse, this is actually a theme of the rest of the show. Like, wow. because we opened up this, you know, Pandora's box of Multiverse, that's one of the things that Finn struggles with is, you know, I, I am my original self, like, I guess, like, thought-wise speaking, but that other being is equally as much me as I am me. Um, and mm, he deals mm-hmm. with that shit, like heavy, heavy shit for a while. Like it gets him like super, super wigged out. So I'm glad that you just bring, like, I don't have an answer to your question. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if I can, but what the question that you asked is actually, I think kind of the dynamic of the show, why they're introducing these concepts, why they're making the audience question like, Oh yeah. Like, that is just as much Finn as Finn is Finn. Like it definitely there makes is me not think, really an original Finn at that point, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely like, man, maybe farm Finn, hot farm Finn is the original Finn is the OG. But I, I think I'm more inclined to say that it's prime Finn prime or Finn, the universe that we're used to is I the mean, actual. Our, Finn. Yeah. Our universe that we've watched. Yeah. Which is why again, like with Marvel multiverses, whatever, like earth, 606 or whatever earth whatever number you know mm-hmm. as you tell so, like, like that's our core fin the, the audience's core fin the final question we had to to wrap this up is are all and also to what you were just saying and this actually fits really well are all the alternate reality fins still fin or are they not which is a question of identity more than anything um and and in essence i think they are fin you know i certainly are but I can't help but like Finn Prime as my original Finn. So I don't know. I, I, I mean, don't know how I feel. I'm, I'm, I agree I'm torn. with you. Finn Prime is what I've obviously what we have the whole show of Adventure Time off of. And Finn Prime is the one I think, I think is the, the concept of Rick and Morty. He's the thinnest Finn. He is the fin, mm-hmm. finniest Finn. And that's why this episode, it, it breaks your heart because you do see how much he's diverted off the, um, central finite curve of finism, if, yeah. if that even makes sense. Finism, like, yeah. He's the least fin of all the fins. And yeah. that's, that's why I think this episode, I mean, I was listening to some other YouTube videos myself and people are like, this is like one of my favorite episodes and like the, the visioning fin, the fact that he could get like this is like depressing to the audience. I'm like, Definitely. this is not my, like, oh, it's just so sad. That he was, it was these like levels of events that got him this depressed, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Well, dude, let's take let's take a moment and go pet our doggies because I know. they seem yeah, to be. Yeah, you obviously heard all the dogs in the background up. there too. So yeah, my dog just heard something as well. So we'll we'll pet our dogs <laughs> and then we'll cut back in and uh, watch. We'll talk oh, about yeah. the episode. We'll actually talk <laughs> about. Um, well, we we just what got happened? some mad. I, we just got to be like, oh. Mad Max, and that's like the rest of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be good. It'll be good. Stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Road loop. That's right. Now you know what my tops of this episode is. Road okay. loot. Tops. It's the best. It best is the part best, of this man. episode. Have you ever played I Fallout mean, Four? 
Well, okay, great, great point. Video games, Fallout 4. I was thinking, if have you ever been a new RuneScape Hardcore Iron Man? Of course, you got to get that <laughs> loot that you can just pick up, man. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the tops. It's got to be is, the tops. She's got, it is literally the concept of every Bethesda game that's ever existed. Totally. There. I mean, she's got daggers, shoes, goggles, purse. I mean, you name it, it's there, and she's picking it up, and I'm all about that life on my mm-hmm. RPGs. Now... I do have a question though, and in, in terms of like how you feel about this, because I, I almost feel like it's overdone that post-apocalyptic, a lot of shows and a lot of concepts mm, go post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. immediately. They go Mad Max immediately. Road immediately. becomes like, uh, what would you call it? Desert steampunk or something like that. Yeah. Like, like trade steampunk. and barter and all that. I mean, it's yeah. There's a level of primitiveness that occurs whenever they go kind of in the Mad Max world thing. And and I wonder, I think that would be true for like a month or two, but I think very quickly you'd have new like power and, and new like currency and all that stuff would form super fast because the groups of people or whatever town that you're in would very immediately go, hey, we got to get some rules and we got to figure this out. People can't just be killing people over like chapstick. You know? Yeah. No, so, it, yeah, it, I think it would just overdone. become it would become way more about like not yeah not like loot and bartering. It would just become trade. Like half yeah. of everybody would be provide services at a central location, a central city, and then half of everybody would be like nomadic. They would be traders. They would go out and they would be like, "I'm going to go out to the village that farms all the green beans, and then I will tr- I will become the trader, and I will." bring the green yeah. beans to the city where everybody will buy the green beans. So well, what I liked about it was no magic. I thought that was great because that felt right is that mm-hmm. there isn't magic in this world right now or, or necessarily they haven't seen it since snowman uh, or Finn ice King Finn. Um, and then also there's a real focus on the essentials. So obviously they're burning all those books, which is a shame book burning, but they aren't thinking about the knowledge in the books. Instead they're thinking about, we got to cook this giant alligator for our feast, for our Destiny Gang funeral party, which ends up being super short and super lame, and Bid Destiny is very selfish and ruins... Pop, that was Popcorn's moment, dude. That was Popcorn's yeah. moment. Old man Popcorn, he died doing what he loved, and Bid D comes in here and is just like, I claim his territory. That's it. We got his territory. That's not the worst. I mean, if you were thinking about society like that, I think it would it would end up being like that. Oh, yeah, we... He did a good job at being whatever popcorn gang that he was part of, and now he's done. We're, we're we are moving on. Uh, the post-apocalyptic society does not have room for sentiment. You know? <laughs> hey, over the the past twelve years, he's done so much that he was able to be known for a guy who loved to ride alligators like horses, and popcorn deserved more than that. But he did. I did. It was funny to see the little bit of like gang rivalry that you have with the reindeer gang being like, yo, no, there was a treaty that was signed on his deathbed. Like, that's our territory. And then Little Destiny, who ends up playing a much bigger role with Jay later in this episode, swings in and just about mercs the dude. Yeah. Oh, it was a good, it, when it was a good scene. It was, I, I thought the scene leading up to that was a little bit more fun, just in terms of uh, the fact that it was like, uh, it felt like the City of Thieves in Adventure Time, too. It you know did. what I mean? It felt just like, like the City of Thieves. That's where I was going to say. It was like, it felt like drops the the center block on the head, steals the tire. The tire goes on the car. The car yeah, runs away. And that car becomes a wheel a, to another bigger car. Bigger car, yeah. And I was like, this is so <laughs> yeah. City of Thieves moment. I hope that that's what they intended, too. I really I think hope. so. And um, you almost had a, another lovely for me because the punk girl who's like, please, I'm just a sweet butcher. Um, yeah, sweet butcher was on the list of potential lovelies for sure. She's um, great, dude. Juice Bruce can, was, can bite the dust. Juice Bruce yeah. needs to get freaking cooked. I can't stand. <laughs> well, I just think of that because that's what happened to Juice Goose. I was going to say, maybe that we are getting on to the whole like, do the same things happen in the same universes because he totally gets annihilated in this universe. He totally Dude, got annihilated punchable, in the man. universe. Talk about the most punchable characters. Got to be Juice Bruce. Freaking making bad trades for a fake crown. And then also he has, well, he does have a zombie bat, which is pretty cool. Like a apocalyptic like zombie bat. apocalypse bat, but... 
But but Kate goes one piece gear uh second gear and freaking knocks the crap out of him with their giant fists and I adored Cake for that. Maybe maybe the only reason I needed to have for her to be my lovely this episode is the fact that she knocks Juice Bruce out of his <laughs> yeah. shoes. It's amazing. I love I do love man we've we, I mean I think I've loved it because we talked about it so much on this podcast that like the fact that she does mega fist she can't bring it back in. She's still learning her strategy powers. But yeah. then when she tries to punch the Destiny Gang later, Tiny. she can't do it. <laughs> so so we, we talk, we've talked so much about like, oh, wait, what's Jake's stretchy power capability? Why is he tired? Why didn't he, he stretch to the size of the earth like every time we have an issue? Is that she does, to figure it, it out. It might be like an energy-based thing. She expended so much energy yeah. to do a mega punch that she doesn't have the energy to, to do anything later. You know, I mean, at the end of the episode, they freaking tie them up with her own arms, which was also and hilarious. I, and I don't think she has the energy to unstretch her arms at that point. No, she, I, she was trying to figure it out. She, I think she just doesn't really know how. I mean, she probably yeah. could do something small like that, but it was just so funny where she's just like, everyone's wrapped up because of her and she can't do anything about it um, for a while there. But the, the town, to wrap up the town, like there's just so many wonderful characters that are introduced and trauma john is another one that i could not help but feel so much pity or i don't know if it's pity like i just felt bad for the dude his name's trauma john and finn burns him at the end of this episode he's got enough trauma going on this (laughs) anime character i don't know where they got this anime character from but he's got too much trauma to be burned by finn's flamethrower he looks like a like a Stretch Armstrong type character. <laughs> yeah. like, He's a G.I. Joe kind of guy. Uh, he, he almost got my lovely, but not because of anything he did, just because his name was Trauma John. Trauma like, John. That's fantastic. Uh, such yeah. a good name. But you're, you're right, though. I feel like we get introduced to a lot of fun characters. It's fun to get back into, again, I, I in my Adventure Time experience, Farm World always wigged me out. I was like, we, we did this whole multiversal thing. It's a really, really important anchor and milestone for the Adventure Time universe, but we don't expand on it. And it, because we don't expand on it, it got kind of annoying. I was like, why do we give a shit about Farm World? Yeah, why and the do fact we that we're, we're revisiting it? it and being like, I mean, again, you know, slap me on the face because I keep bringing up Rick and Morty. When Morty in season six goes back to uh, Cronenberg World and he's like, we are really seeing the true long-term effects of this multiverse that we have affected. That's our fault, essentially. Um, and that, you know, it's farm world Finn's fault, but it's real world Finn's wish that does it. It's the long-term effect of this whole, like, splitting of this new multiversal universe. So, yeah, it's, I, would, I would slap you on the face, but uh, that was too beautiful. So, too be- thank you, Ned. It's too beautiful. Too beautiful for me to slap on. And also you're in Atlanta and I'm all the way up in Nashville. So I can't really do that very easily. Uh, but I wish I could. I wish <laughs> I could. I, wish I, I know I need to go to bed every <laughs> night wishing you could slap me in the face. Yeah, yeah there you go. No, I, I thought that was great. I got to say though, I was a little annoyed. Scarab's back. Scarab is chasing them from War of the World. And I think the next episode, because I haven't seen the next episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's Ice Prince either. or something like that. Um, I would guess, I mean, he teleports with them at the end there. He mm-hmm. almost kills Finn, maybe kills Farmer with Finn. Maybe kill, dude, he... I don't think he does. He, I don't think, it, that obviously that's coming back. That has to be coming back later, but he he double needles him in the face. Like, it's he does. hard he does. to not believe he's not seriously injured. But we definitely have, all right, new world, okay, we're we're going in it with Scarab, and he's chasing us around, and that's... We'll see what shenanigans happen mm. next episode. I'm I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Scarab being the big bad guy for this whole series. I mean, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm I'm holding out to believe that. Uh, after again, I, I watched crossover again, and the first mention of Prismo's boss was in the episode crossover, and and then Jake's like, dude, you've got a boss? Like, who is that? And then they forget about it. So I do think there's possibly. Oh, and oh, you remember? Oh my God, I think I just, I'm tying it all together, dude. Okay. Remember how Golb is like the ultimate, like insane, powerful being in the universe? 
Mm-hmm. And then um, when Simon, in the first episodes of Fiona and Cake, has a miniature like gold statue, and Prisma's like, dude, don't, why are you messing with my stuff? I was like, is Golb his boss? Like, oh, that would be fucking crazy, dude. That would be crazy. And you, we just don't know that. You don't have any and we just don't idea. Know. About yeah, that? we just, oh, we just never knew that Golb was the essentially the boss, the god of cosmic beings. That's mm. why he Golb or like uh, Glob Grod. Grod I'm going to mess it up right now. Glob Glob is the god of like ooh, but okay. Golb is like so in saying that he's just the god of all cosmic beings because glob is the one that we saw on uh sons of mars right yes he's on olympus mons with margles (laughs) (laughs) you're never gonna let that go Uh, come on let let magic man go you know that poor guy that poor guy he becomes normal man later (laughs) don't worry normal man oh no i I don't think i'm ready for that one you're not Uh, ready for that one it's gonna be a good one speaking of normal mans though bid destiny Definitely not the sexiest character ever, despite the fact that his eyes are weirdly anime when his glasses get broken. But I did love when we're having this fight scene and the romance is revealed in front of everybody and Cake's having her moment. Um, you know, you have Bid Destiny show up and he's just right. That's right, my traitorous daughter. And he almost seems happy about it. And it reminds me of Jake yeah. the Dog episode when he's in the ice and it's just like all his gang runs away from him and it's just like, oh yeah, it's just like I taught you or, or whatever like it is that he you. says. Yeah. <laughs> you got to look out for yourself. You got to you gotta own up. You got to be your own. You got to fu- like his whole mentality is stick it to the man. And yep. at this point, he's the man. So he is. every time he gives everybody the mentality of stick it to the man, but he's the man. He's like, that's amazing. That's exactly how I taught yeah. him how to be, man. But even his daughter right then is feeling like she's being betrayed, right? Because the gem that's broken is causing her to be sick. And it's revealed Mm -hmm. that uh, Jay gave it to her. And so she's like, oh, maybe Jay is backstabbing me. And that's just, again, another moment in the romantic arc that just, it's so good. And Cake, again, is all about it. She's all about, oh, we got another twist in their romantic arc. It's it's pretty fantastic. And Mm -hmm. it reminds me when she's sick and Simon... Is or who is it? Someone says, I think Cake or Fiona says, help him or help her, Simon. And Simon's like, I'm not a doctor, like I'm an antiquarian. They, they don't even know what Simon does still. And that's yeah. hilarious to me. <laughs> the yeah. antiquarian thing just goes right over their head. They're just like, I have no idea what that means. Let's just, yeah, you're a doctor. <laughs> well, and nobody's called him Dr. Petrikov at this point. Like, even no. though he may have a doctorate degree in antiquarianism. That's <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> it's true. And of but, course, Ben comes in on Bartram, the taxidermied donkey, I'm guessing. No, kind of no, weird. No, it's got to be. No, Bartram. You, um, you think Bartram's still alive and still Yeah, kicking? Bartram's still alive, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, and it, it, he comes up in crossover. I remember, Finn sent his family off on Bartram. Um, and then in crossover, he actually he freezes his family and puts them in like in a block of ice. And I guess they escape at some point i don't know but bartram's not with him at that point so bartram's alive like he's out but there bar bar doesn't move he's on a plank of wood what that he's riding on and bartram's stiff as a board that's why i think he's are you sure me. yeah 100 percent. rewatch that and, bartram doesn't dude, move at all great theoretically speaking of the episode maybe the best theoretically speaking we've had this bartram maybe. Is, I, there's been a couple of stuffed them. animal Dude, I, well, stuffed animal, taxidermy, Taxid- bar, bar, bar. taxidermy to Barbar. Yeah. I mean, we, we love Barbar. Nothing against him, but I'm just saying he doesn't look like he's alive. And I'm sorry if that makes you sad, but that's that's what I saw. I'm just, I call it as I see it, you know? It's one of those now, things. You are leading into my possible tops of the episode is when Finn Mortal Kombat's Scarab with the flamethrower. Mm. It's like, pretty sick. That's sick. It means that I, I love this moment because it's halfway. Well, first of all, it's just badass in general, but it's halfway between like that and like this depressed version of Finn that we already had a long time talking about. He's just imploded on himself. He's got this insane bit of adventure still inside of him enough to where he can at least like completely flamethrower bust a cosmic god auditor like mm. he mm. owns him for like four seconds he does. there 
for Which is really a real badass. quick split second. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it is sick. It feels matrixy or whatever, right? It's like super he's, he's got the moves. I mean, I, we just, we just watched, uh, we just rewatched blade a couple of weeks ago. Jackie had never seen it, but it's, it's just like watching Wesley Snipes fight people. It's just like, he's going to own them no matter what, like it's going to be awesome. So yeah, that's, I got a little moment like that. I with, think we're uh, just geeking out on anytime Finn in this series is being a really awesome badass. We're just we're loving it. Like the Jake suit Finn moment was sick. Farmworld Finn when he uses Scarab's weight against them and then shoots him with a flamethrower couldn't be cooler. I yeah. I'm with you on that. That's a a great moment in this episode. Gosh darn! If this if I mean, dude, I'm so pumped. If this series performs well and we get a whole nother Finn the Human like. <laughs> like post-apocalypse, post-whatever, Finn the Human, the continued story, I'm going to be so excited. Yeah, I will too. It's interesting thinking back to previous episodes that we've had where there was a moment, I think in the last episode, we didn't touch on the fact that uh, Prisma was showing them different clips and she goes, "That's or mm-hmm. here's my favorite guy and it's Finn and Jake fighting a monster. And But he says it in a way that doesn't necessarily apply because I think he says this one includes or, or has my favorite guy in it or something. But I don't think it necessarily says this is actual Jake. This is the Jake. This is the Finn fighting this yeah. monster. Or this is a clip. Like he doesn't say maybe this was a clip from the past or something like that. So there's just not enough information on like what is actually happening yeah. with uh, Prime World Finn Again, at the moment. If, we, if this show leaves more like stones unturned and loose ends then we are keeping it open for either a Fiona and Cake season two or an Adventure Time season, uh, whatever, 10 or 11, however you want to. There's a lot of people that, I don't know, I watch different, I watched on different platforms. There's a season 10, there's a season nine. Depends on how you look at it, but. Yeah, um, well, hold on, I'm drawing a blank, Ned. Did we have, have we seen like Prime World then yet in the series? No, well, I th- I would imagine that this Simon Petrikov, like this specific Simon Petrikov is that original one that with like the big, the biggest burly Finn where they do the Simon Petrikov episode, that has to be Prime World because that's exactly how the series ends. Um, that's right. Okay. Of, of I our Prime forgot. World. So that's why when we saw younger Finn defeat the giant robot chicken and this Finn, I think Prime World Finn is older. Yeah, you're again, right. I think that, and then I think that you know they probably won't explain it. It's getting too. It's a, it's still a relatively kid show, but that um, time goes faster, closer to the time room, and they yeah. kind of explained that the time waves ripple off of that. So that um, yeah, my bad. Farm Dumb question. Farm, I totally farm forgot. World about is a little that. further. Time goes a little slower. Finn's a little younger. That our prime world is closer to the time room, so time passes quicker. Which is why yeah. we have an older, big, burly Finn, you know. Yeah, and of course, yeah, Finn tried to console Simon. That's what was going on. Yep, totally forgot. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's been okay. a long week, okay. so <laughs> it is. It, it, five episodes of this is an insane amount of information. I feel like I'm still trying to process. I still, yeah. I mean, I the first time I watched the last episode with Prismo, I shit my pants. Like I was like, that was insane. Mm-hmm. How many? How much information was crammed into like 32 minutes? Yeah, you texted um, me right afterwards. And what's really cool about that is I got to see how Ned responds in real time. If you're a Patreon subscriber, we have a Discord and you can see, and sometimes we'll be, I mean, I was like the other day, I was like, hey, I'm watching this episode and people responded to it, you know? And I'm just like, I'll tell you what I think before we ever record the episode about it. Um, so, hey, a little plug for my recommendation, which is, our Patreon, the Never Ending Adventure podcast Patreon. On it, you can get the uh, NEA and Beyond podcast, which is part of that. But before we go too deep into our recs and all that, let's wrap this up. Neb, what's your lesson? What's your takeaway from Ooh, this episode? I got a couple of them. I got a couple of good lessons. Um, first one's road loot is the best. If you're getting loot, it's on the road, man. You're going to find some good stuff. You're going to find some oh, yeah. stuff that you can uh, break down and use for materials for building other. Building all your, uh, I don't know, weapons and, and armor. And that's if you're um, traveling. If you're a traveler and you're doing that. If you're on the highway and you're just driving down the highway, maybe don't stop and pick up things <laughs> on the side of the highway. Maybe don't. 
No, uh, you don't. Maybe unless it's just like a boat, you know? Yeah. I've been tempted to pick up a couple of boats on the highway before. I mean, if, if your whole thing is picking up garbage on the highway, that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. Uh, why are people throwing their garbage out on the highway? That's that's my real question. That's garbage on the highway, boats on the highway, cards left on the highway. That's not good road loot. But no, the uh, the road loot is the best. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, my second lesson is no speeches, just punching. No speeches, just, yeah. To the point, uh, she is Fiona is all about that. Cake is too. Like punch first maybe ask questions later or ask questions while you're punching at the same mm. time. Yeah, you can so. do both. You can do both. No speech. <laughs> That's a and good then, lesson. Uh, my third lesson is if you eat a magic cat, you will get powers. Now, we can't say one way or the other. It does seem like we, it's we didn't totally learn, possible. We didn't learn this as a lesson. We Maybe that is a potential lesson to be learned. We still have yet to figure out if you eat cake. Will you cake the mm. magic cat? When you get powers. We should try that. We'll give it a go. We'll write into the the authors of this show and see (laughs) if they want to do that for the next episode. Uh, My lesson, I've got one. It's become a lumberjack. That's what I learned. I need to become a lumberjack. Cutting wood is hot. And that is what I learned. If I want to be hot, I got to start cutting wood. You've got the beard for it. That's that's for sure. The beard is grossly long right now. I don't know no. if I'm proud of where the beard is at the moment. I'm proud of where I've seen your beard way grosser than this. So I think you're good. Uh, I appreciate that. My dad's coming in the town soon and he's going to call me homeless if I don't shave it. So I'm going to be shaving no, it very soon. No, go get it sh- go get it shaped. Go go to go to scouts and tell them to shape it like a like a sexy lumberjack. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll do that. I'll I'll ask actually Ali was like, "You should get a mushroom or mushroom. You should get a mustache." I was like, Maybe I'll do a mustache for that a weekend would be, or something. You would, you would have probably the world's most insane mustache. I can tell you that much. It'd be pretty thick, and it would be a little bit red. Not much red, but a little bit red, and I'm proud of it. Uh, Ned, you know, what is your recommendation? My recommendation is post-apocalyptic RPGs, honestly. Okay. And it, it, yeah, it pertains to this episode, Fallout 4. Fallout 4 is a fucking awesome game, dude. I will, cool. I will tell you, I've put so many hours into that game and it makes me want to play the one that just came out, Starfield. Bethesda just came out with pretty much Fallout 4, but it's four times larger or 14 times larger and it's in space. And I'm like, I've seen posts about it. It came out like a month ago, maybe. And people are saying mm. it's, it's unreal, but it's kind of post-apocalyptic, kind of in space. But really, if you want an easy... I mean, I'm talking $10 game to pick up. Fall 4 is a fun game. Um, and it's all about it's road great. loot. It's all about post-apocalypse. It's all about... And it doesn't go... Only one of the little cities is super Mad Max. And then there's other people that go like super steel cyberpunk. And there's other people that go like super like underground scientists. So they kind of show that there's more post-apocalyptic than just Mad Max. So... yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's that's yeah, one of the better Fallout games for sure. If you're doing a uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is also sort of post-apocalyptic, um, you know, they're all kind of Mad Max. If I'm thinking of like the goblins and stuff, it's just what how that world's set up. But it, that's also a great game in that world. I would say you, you were you were playing uh, Name of the Wind or not Name of the Wind? Jeez, um, the second one. Yeah, right? I, Did you I ever just, finish that? I, no. <laughs> No, it's so it's so big. I'm. I only got it. I was. I'd put maybe like even five, six hours into it, and like I was so far along in the game, and I was like, "There's no leveling up." So I was like, "I just feel like I'm just running around. I have no idea where I'm going. I have no idea what missions are important. The missions are like they rank them, you know, and they've got giant yellow dots on your map for there's giant yellow dots, but there's like five of them, and they're like go to these cities. Yeah, and I'm like, that's true. Do they have rankings on that? Am no, you I just, just choose. That? The game itself will get harder. The, the enemies will get harder as you but go. Getting like, to as each you get city, better. you like pass a thousand different things that yeah, you can't true. explore because you don't have anything. And I feel like I put like seven hours into it, and like I still can't do anything. Oh, dude, 
I think we're in a very similar spot. And I my thing is I can do too many things and I just don't have I wish if I was there, I'd show you. Anyways, this is not what this podcast is for. We'll talk about it off the podcast. That's that's what any and beyond is. Well, we might yeah. do a whole We already did yeah. a video game episode. <laughs> we, 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 we might did do a, a whole Zelda episode. episode. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much. Check us out on Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Email us your thoughts, your opinions. Get on the Traveler's Log. I love your theories. I love your controversial thoughts based off of our thoughts. So don't don't be a, a dick or something on there. But if there is something we said that you have a different point of view of or you have a different opinion on, let us know. I'd love to share it for the Travelers. We can only give the thoughts and opinions that we have based off of our own limited perspectives from our childhood and you know lives that we've been living. So it's great to have other people uh, chime in as well. And man, I, I'm looking, really, really looking forward to the next episode. It'll be episode six of the Fiona and Cake series. And we'll dive deep into that next time. Well, until then... Nettie P, you know who I've been? I've been Russell and Party Forever. I've been DJ Nettie P and I love the chair guide. Oh, very much in my heart. Down in the bit of bit of my little tiny soul. Of course. In Party Forever, I'll do it to you too.